Here's a message from Ken Lavica. I like to think I'm one for rational thought. I'm like a guy who can at least hone in on something and understand what's taking place in front of him. This weekend, in all of sports, there are some things that I have absolutely no clue what I was looking at. The unexplainable. Joe Rigotti hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. No, no, no. Stick around. Hang out with us. Cool. Yeah, we'll stay and hang around with you. It's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. This is just one of those weekends where you see something on the field and you say, what What the hell was that? And it happened not once, not twice, but probably eight, nine, ten times in my life this weekend. Ken Levick alive Monday. That means Theo Dorsey. My man at WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. You see him bringing you the highlights on television. Theo, good to have you, brother. How's uh, You're going to Lexington, Kentucky, huh? That's right. I'm going to Lexington tomorrow nice. to check out some buddies. And um, I'm bringing my golf game. This is about the first time my golf game is traveling. Bro, you are <laughs> you're seriously now a golf guy. Yeah. I, yeah. It is awesome. That is great. Me, I don't even want to go out and golf with people because I'm scared of what they're going to, to say about me <laughs> and judge me for my swing. You you don't even care. You're, just, you're rolling, man. At this point, man, now that I'm doing road games, yeah. road game, when you're doing road games, you're, you're serious about your Yes, because that means that's a pain <laughs> in the ass to pack up your clubs yeah. and actually get them on a plane. Yeah. Wow, he's one of, Theo's one of those now. Every time I come back to uh, PBI and there's all of these dudes waiting <laughs> for their golf clubs at the, at the, the, the baggage claim, and yep. then you're the guy. You're that guy now. Well, I'm a lefty as well, so it's kind of troubling trying to go somewhere and use somebody else's You see, club. you got it. Yeah. I got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, Dorsey, golf guy. <laughs> awesome. Captain Competent Joe Rigotti. We're in the Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers off of the cool and comfortable Intracoastal. Uh, I need to tell you a story about a college football coach who knows his days are numbered. And he can say all that he wants, and he can try and fight it as much as he wants. But I don't think there's any point of return now for Dan Mullen. I want to bring you back to last week, reeling from a blowout loss to their rival, Georgia. Dan was asked about recruiting, and this is a pivotal moment. That loss dropped Florida to an even 4-4 four and four on the season, the same Florida team that had expectations of competing with Georgia, of possibly getting back to the SEC championship game. While this season hasn't gone as well as Dan would have liked, the defense is still bad, he can't find a quarterback, and a question about recruiting came Dan's way. And this is what he had to say. Uh, Coach, the topic of recruiting has come up a lot in the last couple of days from a few angles. Uh, is it a different approach needed for the, the level no. of consistency? Well, we're, we're in the season right now. We'll do recruiting after the season. When it gets this recruiting time, we can talk about recruiting. Sounds good. Okay. okay. Uh, Next thing. question. When it comes to recruiting time, we'll talk about recruiting. Hey, Dan, I think it's time for recruiting because your football team and your football program is bad and it's in crisis mode. And I don't care how many guys had the flu 
I don't care how many guys are injured. If you go to South Carolina with this Gators group, in a week or after that press conference, Dan Mullen shut down the rest of the week of media availability and his explanation was, it's because I need my guys focused. And then you let South Carolina bomb you 40-17. to 17. Mm-hmm. South Carolina put up 40 on Florida, and the Gators also managed only 17 points against a South Carolina team that damn near lost to Vanderbilt wow. at home. Dan, your problems are not just recruiting. Your problems are a couple of years of failing on the recruiting trail, and it's become abundantly clear that you've become a problem. So defensive coordinator Todd Grantham, he's gone. He gets fired. We knew that was coming. Gators fans thought that maybe that would have happened before the season. Dan Mullen was loyal to Grantham. Now Grantham's gone. So now you can't use him as a punching bag any longer. But somehow, the offensive line coach, that also was a big problem. So he's fired too. An offensive line coach who, who last year, it, it, it wasn't a, an issue when you had an all-world quarterback able to surprise people and throw all over the place. And then Dan Mullen recruiting is what brought Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson to Gainesville. So that's, that's, on, that's on Dan Mullen. That's not the offensive line coach. That's, that's Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen's offensive system this year has been bad. The lack of decisiveness in actually finding a quarterback, in building up a quarterback, that's not the offensive line coach's fault. That's, that's largely Dan Mullen's fault. Dan Mullen has put Dan Mullen in this place. Dan Mullen suddenly turning into an irrational clown is something I never saw coming. Dan Mullen, the same Dan Mullen who is the architect of those outstanding Urban Meyer offenses at Florida, winning national championships, going to Mississippi State, being the most successful coach far and away that Mississippi State has ever had, getting this job at Florida. I don't know what happened over the last couple of years. I don't know if he had a mental breakdown or if he hit his head or what happened. But it started with the wild, you better open up the swamp full capacity after the loss to Texas A&M and basically threatening the Florida administration to let people in. It's fighting Mizzou players last year. It's the shoe throwing against LSU. It's after the bowl game loss. Uh, we, we didn't need to play in this game. It's the show cost penalty that caused him to not be able to go on the recruiting trail. And now this. Something's off with Dan Mullen. Something doesn't feel right with Dan Mullen. And I can't quite explain it. And it's unexplainable how Dan Mullen has become such a liability to Florida. How with those resources, how with a guy of that acumen, the recruiting's just been bad. And now he's scapegoating. The great Dan Mullen is scapegoating because of problems he's created. Was Grantham a good defensive coordinator? No. Is getting 40 dropped on you by South Carolina and you're not competing against that team? Is that on Todd Grantham? No. That's on Dan Mullen. Is it on the offensive line coach? Absolutely not. It's on Dan Mullen. What has happened to Florida? What has happened to Dan Mullen? This was supposed to be a sure thing. I can't explain it. And I'd love some sort of clarity. What was the most unexplainable moment of the sports weekend? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776 or tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. Of 
everything that happened this weekend, Theo, for you, what, what's what's still the thing that you're sort of pouring over saying, how how did that happen? Why did that happen? Is there an explanation for this? It's the whole NFC West to me. <laughs> the entire damn division. I, it is the most puzzling thing what happened with them through the weekend between the Rams, the Cardinals, and the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan's a genius, right? He's like the that's what I heard. offensive mind. Yeah, that's what I heard. Um, And that's what he did against the Cardinals? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then you look at the, the Los Angeles Rams, they're building this ferocious defense. The, the or they, they were bringing it back to the fearsome foursome from the, what, 60s, 70s or whatever. And I'm just like, well, if you're going up against a Derrick Henry-less Tennessee Titans team in primetime, when the quarterback is Ryan Tannehill and his weapons aren't even that good, and, and it's not like the it was the defense's fault. What happened to Matt Stafford? Is he not? Is he not that? premier quarterback that instantly makes the Rams a contender anymore? I mean, like That's the second time he sort of disappeared in a game this year. Straight duds yeah. against a bad secondary. Right. The Titans have the worst secondary maybe in the NFL. And the Rams have one of the best receiving cores in the NFL. And they put up, what, 16 mm-hmm. points? Yep. In prime time? Yep, in prime time. How are the Titans doing what they're doing, too? Like, that's unexplainable as well. What because is Because now Adrian Peterson apparently still has it. Yeah. He, he, he's an old... Man, <laughs> he's very old. And he still has it. They they not only looked like they didn't skip a beat, they looked downright like the best team in the AFC last night. Isn't that so weird? Because if you look at that roster top to bottom, you're like, they don't have it. The defense is nothing special. I mean, I guess the front seven, as opposed to the secondary, has some things you like. Kevin yeah. Byard's good in the secondary. But offensively, you're like, okay, we're relying on Ryan Tannehill and two receivers who, who are made of glass. <laughs> they don't have the tight end anymore. Right. They have like a, a, a host of tight ends that they try to make into what they had last year. And then no Derrick Henry. Yeah. And you have Adrian Peterson and some guy named McNichols, you know, toting the rock. <laughs> I like some guy named McNichols. McNichols. I like that, actually. You know what? I'm mad at McNichols because he's the last straw that beat my fantasy team. I'm like, who is McNichols? All right. When you get when you get beaten in fantasy by a guy named McNichols, it's time to just it's shut over. the whole thing down, man. Like, you might as well not even play anymore the rest of the season. I'm done. <laughs> I am done. I had, like, my last guy to play was, like, Tyreek Hill, who obviously had the weird dud. Because uh-huh. Mahomes all of a sudden lost his magic. I don't want to hear magic anymore. When it comes to Mahomes, I don't want to hear that word. More like mess, am I right? <laughs> oh yeah, that was really Come terrible, on. actually. I know. Come on. I was man. just trying to find a word that started with M. That but was you're worse right. than what Mahomes did. Yeah, yeah, that, that's true. Points. That's true. He is, he, I mean, he's he's downright bad. I just right hit like now. eight points right now. You asked me one and I hit eight points. But no, but it's good because there were so many of these things from over the weekend. For me, it's Dan Mullen. You shut down the week of press conferences. Media availability, because you don't want to talk about recruiting because it's not recruiting time. <laughs> and then you say, hey, I, I need my guys to focus. And then that happens at South Carolina. That's unexplainable to me. Where is Dan Mullen's ability to coach gone? Where's his brain at? That's unexplainable to me. For Theo, understandably so and rightfully so, the NFC West, what are we looking at? And That's it, completely unexplainable. Was that Colt McCoy playing football in 2021 <laughs> and winning? How? I was like, I what is going on? They're, their first string, no DeAndre Hopkins, no Kyler Murray, no Chase Edmonds. They put up over 30. Yep. The Chiefs yep. are at full strength. They put up 13. 
And the 49ers are supposed to have a good defense. They got Kittle back. They got all their running backs. I'm confused. You know what's unexplainable, too, is that the 49ers are going to end up tanking the rest of the season, and it's going to save Chris Greer's job, the Dolphins GM, because that means the Dolphins will get a top 10 pick yeah, they in the draft. <laughs> that, that is going to keep Chris Greer as the GM. The 49ers ensuring that the Dolphins are going to pick top 10 in the draft. When I saw what was happening yeah. yesterday, I was like, come on. <laughs> come on, cards. Come on, cards. Let's yeah. go, Zona. Yeah, that was uh, that was a weird-ass weekend. What was the most unexplainable sports moment of the weekend? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. What was the most unexplainable sports moment of the weekend? By the way, I went to, and I'll, I'll talk at length about this, that, that terrible Dolphins-Texans game yesterday. Took my daughters to Hard Rock Stadium. Uh, they um, they run out of cheese pizza. <laughs> How? In the concessions? Yeah, and yeah. yeah. <laughs> no cheese pizza. Like, wouldn't that be the, the type of pizza you you stock up on? Like, Incompetence everywhere. I mean, guys, I and I love the Dolphins organization and I love Hard Rock Stadium, but it was one of those pizza stands that has like the high end like flatbreads. It's like, oh, spinach and feta yeah. or um pastrami or whatever. And so my girls, I know they don't want to eat the other stuff. Yeah. But that's what was available. So I'm like, fine, uh, cheese. They had double cheese. And they're, oh, actually, we're out of that. Come on, guys. Yeah. Like, you had come to on. order the pastrami and take the pastrami off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we actually went. So what I did, this is going to sound bad. I went with the spinach and feta. And what I told them is that the cheese was just green. And they believed it? Yeah. Because it had a dipping sauce that was like uh, sort of a cucumber, like a tzatziki that you'd have <laughs> on like, like gyros. But I tried to pass it off as ranch dressing. Uh-huh. And as soon as I got the thumbs up from them after the first bite, because I brainwashed them, I knew I was in the clear. You know what that's called? That's called good parenting. You lie to them and you mislead them so that it makes your life easier. Mm. That's how you parent. What was the most unexplainable sports moment of the weekend? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Elric is in West Palm. What's up, Elric? Hey, Ken. Nothing in the NFL shocks me anymore, so I'm just going to get straight <laughs> over that. Um, but how does a Alabama Nick Saban team rush for six yards yep. against LSU in an entire game of football? I know. I know. That is head scratch. And you know, you know, Elric, what, and, it's, and I, I saw this comparison made on Saturday night. What if, what if Cincinnati had a performance like that against a team – uh, in the American that was having as equally a disappointing season as LSU is, we'd be crushing them saying, yep, that's why Cincinnati doesn't deserve to be in the playoff discussion. But we're not going to have that discussion about Alabama because we're going to give Alabama a pass for that, even though that was that was a dreadful performance in a game they maybe should have lost. They should have potentially lost to U.S. Yep. as well. Yeah, they're they not good. obviously lost to Texas A&M. They're not what they and, and this pains me because I'm a massive Alabama fan, right? Mm-hmm. But if they run into Georgia in the SEC championship game, oh boy, good night, yeah. it's game over. Uh, I mean, and I don't, I don't, yeah. If you're having trouble running against LSU, mm. there's not a chance in hell you're getting an inch against Georgia. And thank you, Elric. Appreciate the call. There's no way. That's a great point. Yeah, Alabama. I think it's time to admit because you know that we're going to be force fed that. Oh, well, here's why Alabama still has a path, and this is what Alabama has to do because we love Nick Saban. We love Alabama. We want them there. It's the Crimson Tide. We're going to be force-fed this for the next six weeks or so as we get further and further towards the conclusion of this college football season. 
But you juxtapose that against Cincinnati, who beat the best teams on its schedule going to South Bend, beating Notre Dame. They get punished for meh performances, but Alabama, no, here's the path. Here's the, here's the, here's the red carpet. I guarantee you Notre Dame is going to have that same discussion, and Cincinnati already beat them yeah. at home. Yeah. It's the, it's the Greg Popovich Spurs effect. It's like nobody wants to call Alabama dead until they're actually yeah. dead. Yeah. And just like everybody called the Spurs dead a million years in a row, and they just kept coming back and winning finals. Yeah, absolutely. Then you look stupid, but right. I get it. Uh, I do want to I do want to try and understand why I have not heard more today about Mac Jones. This is unexplainable to me as well. I'm going to come out and say it because I know a lot of you are down here and listening. Hey, Patriots fans, Mac Jones is dirty, okay? Mm. I don't know how to emphasize it any further. What happened yesterday was gross. Mac Jones fumbling, getting hit blindside, and what does he do? He grabs Brian Burns of the Panthers, grabs his ankle, and twists it. Mm. Twists it. We're talking wrestling move. Twists it. Brian Burns gets hurt, writhing in pain on the ground. Mac Jones just walks away like nothing happened. That's dirty. And if we're going to sit here and protect quarterbacks, and we're going to say, oh, can't touch him, can't touch him. Ooh, he took a finger to the helmet, throw a flag, legal contact to the head. Mm. By the way, all those rules in place because of a former Patriots quarterback, then we need to hold quarterbacks to the same standard. That was gross. That was dirty. That was potentially career-ending. And it's actually downright garbage what Mac Jones did. It's one thing for me to talk about it, though. It's another thing for Brian Burns' teammate, however, Hassan Reddick, to speak on it. And this is what Hassan Reddick thought about what he saw from Mac Jones yesterday. Uh, first, it looked like he was trying to trip or kick Burns, and then next thing you notice, I saw him tugging on Burns' ankle. Uh, I thought it was completely dirty. Um, hopefully, it's something that the league addresses. I think it was surprising to not see that a penalty was called. Um, you know, it seems like they always, you know, protecting the offensive players. Where's the protection for the defensive players as well? Um, I don't know. I, I felt like that was a call that shouldn't be missed. Um, I'm going to speak out on it. Whatever the consequences, however the referees feel, that's how they feel. Um, but I, I, it, it looked completely intentional from where I was standing, and I was pretty close. And um, I don't think that was a call that should have been missed. I mean, Theo, I don't know how anybody without – Patriot blinders on could look at that and say it was unintentional. I mean, that was that was intent to hurt from Mac Jones yesterday out of frustration after a bad play. Mac Jones should be fined a significant amount of money, and I wouldn't rule out the discussion about the S word suspended in that spot. Yeah, and, and the Patriots are already starting their their defense of it, their their PR. Oh move. yeah. Oh yeah. Belichick already started that whole yeah. thing. He's saying that he he believes Mac Jones thought that Burns had the ball. That's is what stupid. he's saying. But to me it's like you know for sure Mac Jones knew he didn't have the ball. Mm-hmm. At the most your excuse could have been he was trying to hold him back from getting the ball. Mm-hmm. But the twist of the ankle is when you go all right. the way right and right. it's like that's wrong. But you know what? There always lies something at the end of the road for people that do wrong. Next up on the Patriots schedule, the Cleveland Browns. The, the NFL sack leader, Miles mm-hmm. Garrett. If if Aaron Donald is the scariest guy in the NFL, Miles Garrett is the second oh, by, yeah. by a, a close distance. Completely. And it's funny. I sat here last week, and I sat here Friday, actually, uh, Joe, and Joe was here, and I, I said that Baker Mayfield is the most 
overrated player in the NFL. Like, period. Most overrated player in the NFL. And then he um, did did that yesterday. Yeah. And now I look like a doofus. <laughs> I mean, he just balled out yesterday. That was a whole lot of bleep you to a whole lot of people, including me from Baker Mayfield yesterday. And he he did the good, mature thing after the game. Didn't get drawn into that. But I have a feeling if he's able to string a couple of games together like that, you're going to start seeing cocky Baker come out. Yeah. And hey, it's good. If Baker Mayfield's good, I feel like that's good for everybody because he is that presence. And and Keely and I were saying that he's got the commercials and all that he's gotten so far, despite being, really, if you look at the numbers, one of the worst quarterbacks in the league over the last three years. But he gets the benefit of the doubt because the personality is electric because he's extremely marketable. Imagine if he actually was good and had all of that stuff. Yeah. Hey, look out, Aaron. State Farm's coming. By the way, you didn't see a lot of State Farm commercials yesterday. I wonder why. <laughs> Rut row. Yeah. State Farm's like, oh, God, we have all these media buys, but uh, yeah. maybe we can let this simmer down for a week or so. You know, it's a bad year for State Farm quarterbacks. Who's in who? general? Pat Mahomes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with the, right. every, when everybody's getting his hair cut or whatever in the barbershop yeah. and they're trying to get yeah. the Pat Mahomes discount. Uh-oh. Well, there's a discount on this game. Right yeah, now. there, there That's sure the is. Mahomes discount. There sure <laughs> is. Uh, Pat Mahomes, bad. Aaron Rodgers, Conspiracy theories? <laughs> this is rough. 888-760-3776. What was the most unexplainable sports moment of the weekend? 888-760-3776. Wanzo's in Boca. What's up, buddy? Uh, question for both of you. Um, with everything that's happening, the Mac Jones crap, um, Aaron Rodgers, and the hideous play, Baltimore pulled off against my Lions. <laughs> Where's Roger Goodell? Yeah. Yep. I he agree. is just, he is like the most missing commissioner of any sport in any league. There's nothing heard from this man yeah, because that he, makes 50 million plus a year. Why, why do you think he makes that money, though? Because he protects the brand as well as the owners want him to. And so I assure you, NFL owners... From, from a bottom line standpoint, they don't really want Aaron Rodgers to be disciplined fine. He'll be judged in the court of public opinion, but hey, we got dollars to make. And oh, well, well, Mac Jones, rookie, and the Patriots are important, and he's a quarterback. We can't, we can't send a message we're not going to protect quarterbacks, so uh, we need the money. It all comes down to money. It absolutely does, and that's why. And you're right. You're right. Roger Goodell, at pivotal moments, just disappears. Nowhere to be found. But then, when there's an opportunity to pounce and he can use that iron fist approach, you bet your ass he's going to. We've seen it so many times in his tenure. When when he can cherry pick what to what to rule on, that's when uh, life is good for him and when he appears suddenly. But it, it doesn't send a very good message to the youth coming up to aspire to be an NFL player but there's no consequence. No, and the NFL's not worried about that. Yeah, that's, that's the furthest thing from their mind. No, and it, what, what, it, it, it is right. What you're saying is completely correct, and appreciate the call, and you're right on with this. The NFL doesn't care about <laughs> setting a good example. Like They have all these foundations and these charities and the messaging. There's, no, there's really no sort of commitment to that. Mm-mm. No. It's about the money. It's about the winning. Absolutely. This is the same league that had its teams accepting money from the U.S. military to orchestrate these troop r- reuniting with family <laughs> moments. 
That's all you need to know about the NFL is that that was rampant. Yeah. And they were just fine making money off of that and toying with people's emotions. So they sure as hell aren't going to come out and say, Mac Jones, you shouldn't do that. It's going to be, uh, well, I'm sure the Patriots will talk to him. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's, it's completely, completely overlooked. If, if you're, if it affects the bottom line, then chances are the NFL is going to try and back away. But if you can easily cherry pick on someone, maybe a, a defensive end who has a legal problem. Yeah, or a receiver. Ro- uh-huh, or a receiver, and Roger Goodell can say, you smoked too much weed. You're out of the league, man. He'll do it. Because that's how he makes his money. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, it's, it's all so plastic and phony. Yet we eat it up. We consume it, man, and we love it because we can't get enough of it. So we can say it's wrong, but I'm going to be sitting down watching it. Yeah, we're feeding the beast. I mean, I'm, uh, we're, we're hypocrites. We yeah. are. We are, and I'm a willing hypocrite of that. Is it gross? Yes. Is it going to force me to turn off the TV? No. Which is why <laughs> all of these bozos who sat there, Colin Kaepernick, I'll never watch the league again. I laughed at him because yeah. I knew you can accept all that stuff. You are going to accept that. And the NFL has the best ratings it's had in a decade. And there's a reason for it. Because the league just always wins. Yeah. Always. It's good business. It's a bad message. It's good business. That's the NFL. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. We'll get into a Dolphins deep dive. Marcel Louis Jacques, he is the uh, NFL Nation ESPN reporter for uh, ESPN.com. You see all of his work. He was there yesterday. He saw what was one of the true death march games that i can recall the jacoby Brissett led dolphins taking out the lowly texans and it was about as terrible as advertised ken levick alive is presented by the fau mba sport management program fau.edu slash mba sport the fau mba sport management program 22 years of doing it dr jim reardon i talked to him over the weekend and that fall semester, it's rolling right now. There's only a couple. Of, it's getting tight. If you want to get into the spring semester and finally take the leap and get into the sports industry, I'm sure something you've been thinking about, didn't know how to act. Well, now I've got the path for you. You've got to have the guts to take it. If you want to get into the sports industry, go through the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. The professors are teaching what you need. They are in the sports industry to help guide you into what skills you'll need to be able to succeed in the sports industry it's how you get in it's like the the point i made before in the broadcast industry people see oh syracuse or oh mizzou these these schools yeah sure we'll hire you drives me crazy because i'm not one of those theo's not one of those and we've plied our path but you know what the sports industry is wildly wildly competitive and it's so broad You need an edge, and you're going to get an edge because, one, you're going to have all the tools you need, and, two, you're going to have on that diploma FAU MBA Sport Management. That's how you get in. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Tua and the broken finger. Why was he still available for the Dolphins? Was he truly injured, or was a message being sent yesterday? Marcel Louis-Jacques, again, the ESPN.com Dolphins reporter. He joins us next with Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Lavica, and we're live on ESPN 1063.